Welcome everybody. It's Darren Saul here, your host of Saul Searching, the Saul Recruitment Podcast, episode 34. And the title of today's show is The Magic of Job Searching with Kirsten Brumby. How are you, Kirsten? I'm very well this afternoon. Thank you, Darren. And for everyone out there, Kirsten, I've got a great story to share. Like Kirsten was one of my first recruitment clients. God knows when, must have been about 2000 or something. Yes. Something along those lines. And it's just so nice to be able to have you on my podcast and chat about your journey from what you were doing then to what you're doing now, which is all about job searching and the magic of job searching. And that's something that I'm very passionate about. So we're going to have a fantastic discussion. But I'm just going to give everybody a little bit of a more formal rundown into what you've been doing. So Kirsten Brumby has been a career coach for over 16 years after founding and running a successful seven-figure consulting company, which is where I met her, obviously. Drawing on her extensive experience, she has now published her first book, Now What? A Step-by-Step Approach to Land Your New Job or Career. So Kirsten, welcome again. Tell us a bit more about your journey. I mean, how did you go from working in that consultancy where I met you so many years ago to career coaching and now writing your own book? Oh my gosh, Darren. It's a a really long, yeah, exactly. Like how long have you got? No, no, it's a, it's a bit of a, actually it's not that long a story. And it was a pretty easy, um, it was a pretty easy kind of move, if you like. When I, um, when I was working in IT, as, as you've already discussed, that we that's where we met. And when I decided to make the move from my company and move on and do something different, um, I kind of, I, I stopped. And I stopped at a time um, when I was three months pregnant with my second child. Um, and I went, oh, right, well, what do I want to do? I don't really know what I want to do. I've got a baby coming in six months. All right, I will... Um, I'll just get a three-month contract and then I'll figure out what I want to do after the baby comes. Excellent. No worries. I've got all these skills. I'm fabulous. I've been running my own IT company for seven years and I've run it really well. Not a problem. Yeah, easy. 55 job applications later and not even one job interview. No I'm very depressed. Well, actually, I've got one job interview. That's when I decided to start stop because I got a six-month contract job interview and I was like seven months pregnant. Oh and I went, it's probably not going to work. And so I, so I stopped and obviously had the baby. And so I had a little bit of time to do some reflections. And I, I just, I was absolutely, I was pretty devastated actually because I knew how good I was. I knew I had some really good skills. I've proven it. I've run this company. Um, and then I can't even get an interview for a job. Um, and so what I were really... Saying? Were they saying you were overqualified or what were they saying? Um, overqualified, wouldn't even get a call back, couldn't actually get them, raise them on the phone. So if you remember back in those days, it was like just a, a huge IT was just burgeoning. There was lots of people in it. Everybody was kind of so, you know, I wouldn't even get 
Um, I wouldn't even get callbacks from recruitment agents and I couldn't actually raise them on the phone to ask them for feedback. Okay. Uh, but basically, it was most likely, looking back now, it was most likely that thing that I've been running a company, so I didn't have my technical skills, kind of I'd let them lapse because I didn't do the technical stuff So um, for the last seven years. So, of course, I'm probably not going to be that attractive, really, when you think about it, um, because I'm, I wasn't actually doing that. I was running a company. Um, and doing HR and other fun stuff like that, but not actually doing business analysis or any sort of programming or network support, nothing. So that was probably what it was. Wow. Um, and so then I had some time on my hand to do some reflections and try and figure out what actually I wanted to do next because I knew I didn't want to go back to IT, um, but also then reflected on, hang on a sec, how would they know? You know, I've got all these skills, but how would they actually know that I've just got a resume that says that I'm this wonderful person and I, I can run a company, but how would they know that I could be a good business analyst? They, I'm not telling them that. They don't know me. So how do they, how could they possibly pick that up off my, off my resume? There's no way. How could I expect selling, them to like do that? You weren't that? selling that in, in, in is what no, you mean. no. I was just, you know, I was just putting some dot points about, yeah, I did HR and I did finance and I did this and I, you know, recruited 20, 20 people of my own and had a big team and it was all great. And, you know, when, if, if I now sit in the, in the shoes of a, you know, someone that's trying to um, hire a business analyst per person for a six month contract, do they want that? No. Do they need any of those skills? No. Did I know that I could do that job standing on my head? Yes. But was that on paper? No, didn't come across in the paper at all. So how could I blame them? Right. So that's kind of, and so then I kind of went to work on myself to try and get a get a job, which I did. I changed all my resume and my cover letter and my approach to um, to getting a job and got the very first job that I applied for right. um, uh, when I, you know, when I finished. And then it was from that point that I went, oh, this is, you know, we just, no, but we don't do this. You know, you don't do this right. If you're not getting a job, it means that you're not doing it right. It's not even, it's not that you're not the best fit for the job. It's not any of that. It's that there's something about how you're presenting yourself either on paper or in an interview in person about what's getting, getting in your way. Absolutely. So, and I, and I really like to help people. So this is a really, you can have a big impact on people's lives when you help them get a job. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, work is such an important part of our life and our livelihood. That Absolutely. It's a big step. And, you know, I feel honored when I can give someone that great opportunity and I can facilitate that opportunity. Exactly. And they're really happy. I say, wow, like I've actually achieved something. I've really helped somebody, you know. In their That's career. absolutely spot on, Darren. And, uh, you know, I call it, I, and I think of it as a real privilege to be on someone's career, like even a, a little part of their career journey. And that's that's exactly how I think of it as well, that it's an, it's a, it's an absolute honour and a joy to be able to help someone yep. um, get a job that they want. And so I want to just dig into your story for a second. So when you said, you know, after a while, you decided to change your approach and you did all these things differently, how did you come to that strategy did you read did you research did you just trial and error was it a bit of everything i reflected on um i i just reflected on what my what i wanted what the jobs that i was going for um what i looked like on paper so i just looked at my resume reflected on that um didn't really do any research i kind of it was more i think like trial and now error looking, kind of, it's intuitive. no not 
it, well, it was exactly, it was intuitive. And it's kind of the process that I talk about in the book and kind of the process that I coach through. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a much more intuitive approach. It's about um, trying to um, not think so much of why I'm, when I'm the perfect job, why do I not get that job? But actually thinking more about um, uh, what's what's going on here, uh, uh, kind of thinking about it in a in a different way, but definitely bringing your unconscious mind to 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 the problem. Yeah, and I, I think that's such an important point because you know I keep saying you know generally in my in my material and in my content and in general, you know you might be great at what you do, but if you don't communicate that to whoever's interviewing you. What's the what's the point? What's the difference? You know, it's all about right. how we sell ourselves, how we market ourselves. Yeah. Job searching is sales and marketing. Yeah. You know, your resume is a marketing document. That's um, it. It's all about your approach and your process. And I can't yeah. express that highly enough for everybody out there that's listening. Absolutely, Darren. And I know I, I keep up with your content and I know that you absolutely preach that nonstop. And that it is absolutely so true. You cannot... You cannot expect someone that doesn't know you, you know, you need to pick up your resume or your cover letter or whatever it is. You need to pick up that and go, if I don't know me, if I don't have any idea about what I've done or what I haven't done, and I read this, can I, can I tell that, you know, if I just say to someone on paper, yes, I have excellent interpersonal communication (laughs) skills when I know I do, right. There's, There's no two ways about that. But if I just read that on a piece of paper, how would I know that? You have to actually tell them, what does that look like? What does a, you know, what, if I say that I've got good communication skills, how do I communicate? What do I do? What, you know, if it's written communication, what are the kinds of written communication that I've been doing? So that then that person goes, oh, right, she's done this, this and this. Okay, so that that gives me an idea of what, of what her written communication skills, for example, might be like. No, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, and if you, if the role requires really strong interpersonal skills and strong communication, get on the phone, make sure the phone is part of your <laughs> sales process. So you can actually show that one-on-one without, you don't have to write it or read it. I know. You can, they can see it. They can feel it. You know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I knew you were going to bring this up because that is, there's a couple of really oh, like little well, big things for me, in and they're in the book. That, and there's a couple of standouts, and this is one of them. It's I, I can't, I can't. Obviously, I'm preaching to the converted here for you, <laughs> but for anybody else that's out here that's listening, I cannot tell you the, um, I can't tell you the strength of picking up that phone and having a conversation with that person, and not just for the what you think. The, the reasons are, and that is actually just to get some more information about the job. And then you can hopefully tailor your job application a little bit better, maybe use some of their words that they use and find out what the key challenges are, stuff that's not in the ad. That's all well and good. Yeah. The real strength comes in. And this is where, this is actually one of those bits of the magic of job searching. This is where one of those pieces of magic is possible. And that I just see so often so, you know, the connections that you form, the rapport that you start to build, that personal relationship that you start to build, you cannot, you cannot discount that. Um, because 
as we've just been talking about, when, when a recruiter, whoever that is, the manager that's recruiting or a recruitment agent, when they pick up your piece of paper, and I keep saying pick up your piece of paper, but they might be obviously reading it on an email, which actually is probably worse <laughs> in terms of the personal touch. They just see the words on paper. They don't hear you. They don't see you. They don't experience yeah. you. Um, and what and when you pick up that phone, then they get that opportunity to see you and hear you or will hear you um, and and. Get, to gauge a little bit more um, from you. Definitely. And um, and what was I going to say? Oh, and I was going to say um, that, that, that so even, even if at the very least, the very worst case, when you pick up that phone, when that person gets your resume, they will recognise your name and they will just have that tiny little bit more focus, pay a little bit more attention to your reading your resume and your cover letter, which is what you want, because they might have a hundred or more applications. So you want your application to stand out. And if it's just if it just gets you that, um, that's um, that's, that's that's more gold. than worth it. That's and can I just say, because that's what just that's what just distracted me, because I've just had some feedback. I'm working today, right? Like an hour ago. Yep. I'm working with a I'm not actually doing the recruitment, though. I helped write his ad, and it's a coaching client of mine, not a career coaching, a business coach, coaching client. And we're writing, we wrote an ad and we put it up on Facebook for to, to get some people. And he's got a couple of people, they look all right. Today, he had someone that popped in and I'm in a regional town, so we're not under lockdown. And so he, the person popped in his resume in person oh, um, and so managed old to school. Find, that doesn't happen anymore. My God. I know. Right. <laughs> I know. And he had a comp and because he popped it in in person, it was even better than picking up the phone. Wow. And he handed the resume to him. They had a bit of a chat, which, of course, we all know that bit of a chat kind of turns into an interview. Yep. He starts the job on Monday. We're not, he's, the manager, he's not even, he's Incredible. not even going to interview the other, there was about three people that looked okay. He's not even going to interview them. He loved this guy. Incredible. Unbelievable. So, it's and and you wouldn't and I've looked at the guy's resume and you would have gone he's a potential so he would have gone into the interview pile but because he's actually done that personal step which is actually the next step above even a phone call he's actually um you know he's got the job so sorry I just sorry I got distracted no, I think that, that is really absolutely cool. brilliant and I wanted to kind of you know reiterate what you mentioned and also something that I've been preaching for years is the way to differentiate yourself from everybody else is when everybody else is just sending in a resume and waiting, if you can make a phone call before you send in a resume, Correct. have a, as you say, build a bit of relationship, show people who you are personally, build a bit of trust, then they might actually say, you know what, here's my private email, can you send me directly, so yes. you've just bypassed everybody else that's applying and you have gone to the top of the pile Absolutely. and you already are a person rather than just a number or a piece of paper. Absolutely. Oh my God. It's just the power of that is so, so absolutely. And I can't see, and I just got, you know, I get goosebumps as you're talking about it because that's absolutely right. And that's one of the, that's kind of, that's one of the magic 
that's one of the bits where magic can happen because that kind of thing, it's like it, it is kind of magic because yeah. what you just said, being able to bypass a huge pile of resumes and to a private email address or as, you know, this guy did today, yeah. bypass it straight to the job, yeah. you can't, money can't buy you that kind of, you know, exposure or ability to affect a recruiter. It, it just it just can't. But the personal, you know, that's that to me is magic that you can actually bypass all of that by a simple phone call um, and you're not even doing anything on the phone call. You're not interviewing. You're not, you just make the phone call and that, <laughs> that's it. That's it. So. And, and, you know, it's so easy to rely on and hide behind technology yeah. for technology's sake, but there are times yeah. when you have to go in front of technology and do things old school because it builds relationships and trust and credibility. Yeah. And yeah. as you mentioned, it changes the whole game. Yeah. It's so yeah. important. And you can keep doing that. You can keep relying on technology. You're absolutely right. You can keep hiding behind that. But if you keep doing the same things and you keep getting the result and that is not getting interviews or not getting the job, then what are you doing? You know, you need to try something different. So try picking up that phone. I can guarantee. And, you know, it might not even be that job, but I've had people that have had, that have made that initial call and then they've made it through to an interview and they've had the interview, they haven't got the job. And then they've had a phone call back yep. from, from the person saying, uh, can you apply for this job? We've got this new thing coming up. And that's that's been because they've started building that relationship right at that start point. It absolutely is. So it's not just even about maybe this job, this time. And that's another bit of the magic, right, is those connections that don't even seem like connections and they seem really crazy and you don't, oh, well, that was a waste of time, you know, that, you know, I don't even get an interview, but you just never know, like, and the magic that I've seen in terms of the connections that people make, maybe, again, not for this job, but in a year's time or six months' time or they cross paths with someone, oh, it's just crazy. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know. That's you know, the serendipity you, of, of That's exactly life. right. And it's just, you know, being in the industry for over 20 years, I've seen it a hundred times. Exactly. That's exactly right. That, that's right. Sitting, that's right. Sitting on the outside, we see, we actually see these connections and we see them pan out when you're sitting in the job seat. And I know I've been there. I've been that I've done the 55 job applications. When you're sitting in that seat and your resilience is way down and you're going, oh, I just can't. I can't face picking up the phone. What is even the use? But um, I, so I get that and I get being in that position, but sitting out on the outside as, you know, I can't stress it enough. The times that I've seen those connections just beautifully fall into place for something um, along the path, along the path that you, there's no way that you can predict at that time is fabulous. Definitely. It's magical. That is, that is pure magic. I agree. That is pure magic. Absolutely. Um, I know, so, look, <laughs> I can't stop. I want to just take a little step back. And <laughs> in your experience, you know, working with so many people for 16 years, what are some of the other obstacles of the process? Yeah, so for me, the obstacles in, and this has been over 16 years, so a protracted period of time with different fluctuations in job markets. And I've worked kind of across across the board. So I don't work in a particular industry. I don't work with a particular, you know, transitioning clients that are transitioning from one career to another. I don't work with young people or old people or anything in between. I, I work with everybody. So and I, so it's quite a broad, it's kind of broad experience. And the thing for me is that the thing that stands out for me, and that's 
that's really the, the, the book is kind of all about that. And in fact, my whole coaching approach is about that, is that the obstacles are not in the job market. The, the, the obstacles are not in the in what's happening in the job market or the industry or the particular job that you want to get or anything like that. The, the obstacles that I see and that I work with all the time are the obstacles that we create ourselves. Oh, I love that. So those, no, so it's, you know, the, the obstacles that we create ourselves, not, not sometimes really knowing. So, uh, you know, when we don't know what we want to do, when we don't have clarity that we really want to leave this job or that we want to leave this job but for something the same or maybe we want to, you know, that's a huge obstacle. I've seen people, I've coached them that, you know, I need to get a job. Can, you know, can we do a resume and we do it great? Then they get all the way down the track, they get interviewed then they get the job and then we have another coaching conversation where they go, I don't want that job. <laughs> I just got the job. What am I doing? I don't think I should accept it. Oh, God. So, you know, so so that sort of obstacle, even right at the start, when you don't have clarity, that's going to get in your way. And it's, that's kind of another one of those magical things that actually that will get in your way. If you're not sure about what you want to do, where you want to work, what kind of job, what kind of people you want to work with, what kind of conditions, all of that stuff, then that's going to be a huge obstacle in, in trying to find jobs in trying to get interviews and write job good job applications and then and then actually land a job so that's a big one um, and then you have all the then you have all the kind of normal job seeking stuff but it's but they're really real obstacles when we don't know what we're capable of when you don't know what your strengths are when you don't know and you're not confident in talking about them and not confident in um, uh, in even having them a, a lot of you know I know a lot of people that um, that I've coached that finally accept, yep, I've got some strengths and I'm good at this and I'm good at this, but then they're not confident in in being able to say, yeah, I'm I'm really good at this. Maybe I'm not so great at that, but I'm actually really good at that. So in the in the job seeking and the job searching process um, and the interview process and the job application process, that's going to be a huge obstacle at every stage, because then we get things, for example, like you know that you self cull jobs. So you know you'll read a job and go, oh. Well, I think I could do that, but I don't have exactly what they're looking for, so I won't apply for that. So you, you know, you you minimise what you're applying for because you're not confident and and know what your capabilities and your strengths are. So can knowing just, that can is I just a, jump in one second. Yeah, go. Such Sorry. a great Stop point. Me. Such a great point because I've heard that a hundred times myself when candidates ring me and they say, "I've read through the JD. I don't have this particular skill with this particular technology." I say, "Oh, don't worry about it." That's not the most important thing. If you've got 90% of the JD, that's fine. And, and then, then right. they've got the job. And it's that happened that's to be hundreds of times. So as you say, yourself culling the job for yourself, it's crazy. Don't do that. Yep. That's right. And this is some, well, I'm not really good with statistics, but it's in the, because it's in the book, because I just can't believe it. And this is just a plug for women, because this is actually kind of maybe a gender thing that they, that there was a huge, I think it was Harvard Review did a, a big um, research um, of over, well over a thousand people. And they found that um, men on, on the whole would apply for jobs where they had, um, oh no, sorry, women on the whole would, would apply for uh, jobs where they had, um, 85 to 90% of the, you know, that's where they had to land. They had to be within like, you know, that they only had one out of 10 things that maybe that's a bit dodgy. Um, men, on the other hand, 60%. So the, 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 and the exact numbers I might not have right. So 
they are in the book because I had to look them up for the book, oh. but but that it's basically this huge difference. So men, and that's kind of and that and then you kind of start thinking about the gender difference in in um in management and all that sort of stuff. That kind of makes sense because you know if women are waiting until they find the perfect job that they've got absolute they're absolutely one hundred percent sure that they've got ninety percent of the <laughs> of the selection criteria or the essential criteria, then of course they're not going to be applying for half the jobs. And if men are, are just going oh yeah righty I've got six out of ten all good then of course they're going to be in the running for a lot more jobs so so that's absolutely true and you know and and we do do a lot of you know transferable skills and training and stuff looking at you know not thinking outside the square even if they're asking for something particular you know what have you got that's similar to that or what do you think you've done in the past that um is is uh, equitable with that then because that might you know just put that in your job application and they might really like you because you've caught picked up the phone and they really liked having the conversation with you and they go oh yeah she's worth a look we'll we'll get her in for an interview which is all you can ask for and i and i think you know hearing you it's again adds to the a pool of magic that can happen when two people connect so in recruitment we say the magic happens when you just put candidate in front of client you know you do as long as you make as long as you still as long as you continue to make those interviews happen then the magic happens because you know, I've not, I've not heard that, and that's absolutely really true. That's, that's just so recruitment true. is just getting candidates in front of clients. In front of that's clients. all. You, if you can do that more and more and more, magic will happen. You don't that's have to exactly have eighty percent right. yeah. or sixty percent or ninety percent of the criteria. Yeah, the magic will take care of all that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, yeah, that's that. You know, that's um, and that's a kind of a, that's another the the other of the other obstacles but it's kind of related to what you were just saying are just the practical stuff where you don't have this or people don't have the skills to write a good resume or to write a good cover letter and so it's either get someone in to help so get a res- good resume writer or a coach in to help do that or hone those skills and develop those skills and and get that because it is a skill it's not and it's not something usually hopefully that we do 100%. too many times so you can't expect yourself to be really good at that when you don't do it very often and it's not your, you know, it's not your work. So, you know, um, but also in the interview, and this relates back to what you were talking about before, you know, I always talk about, um, and the mat, you know, you, you mentioned that the magic happens when you put um, candidate in front of the client. And I really agree with that. Um, and what one of the obstacles for that is that people um, find it very hard to be what I call the best version of themselves in in front of um, in front in an interview situation because it is it's high stress and 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 you've, you usually they really want the job and all of that sort of stuff. So um, so a lot of um, a lot of my work is about how do you be the best version of yourself and by the best version of yourself is just the person that they're going to work with the person that you are when you work in walk in from nine to five monday to friday whatever it is that you work they they want to see that person because that's the that's actually the magic of the interview is because you know technical skills can be built and they've already seen from your resume all your experience and all that sort of stuff so really the main aim for most interviews is just do I like this person and do I want to work with them can I see myself you know coming in every day and going oh it's really great working with Kirsten or am I going to go oh my gosh I can't work with that there's no way I can work with Kirsten every day that's what it's about so um so yeah so I got a bit lost but yes 
Yeah. And I want to I want to pay homage as well to one of the greats of the recruitment industry. His name's Greg Savage. Yes. He's oh yes, one, yes. He's the one who coined that phrase. Magic happens when you put candles. Oh in front well, of I so I know Greg Savage I is, know of him. Is oh, that's one cool. of the best, and I've learned that from him many many years ago. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, but what what else that I'm hearing when I'm speaking to you when when you when I'm listening to you is you know, what you're talking about as well is preparation. Candidates, a lot of the time, don't prepare enough. You talk about this all the time, Darren. All the time. <laughs> I, I go on about this verbatim forever. But it's yeah. candidates don't prepare enough. They don't role play enough. They don't prepare. They don't articulate their story. They don't script, you know, a couple of things in their mind as to how they're going to come across. So if you don't do that, how do you expect to perform well when you're picking up the phone in real life when it's an important conversation. Yeah. It's an important That's interview. Exactly right. If you yeah. don't prepare for it, you could just blow that opportunity. Why are That's you not preparing? Exactly. You know, if you have never thought about what your strengths are, mm-hmm. how are you going to, how are you going to answer that in any, like maybe 1% of the population that can think on their feet is going to go, yep, I can, I've got an answer. But for the rest of us, there's no way you can, you can answer that question. If you've never thought about that, Without looking like, oh, let me have a think. Um, oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> how Crazy. can you expect yourself? That's how can you expect yourself? And preparation for me is about. <clears throat> there's there's a few things that you can do for preparation in terms of just normal stock standard stuff. Yes, of course, you should have a look at the website and revisit the job ad and the job description just to refresh your mind because normally it's a couple of weeks between when you've written an application and when you go in and walk in the door. So it's nice to have some of that fresh in your mind. Um, But for me, the main part of the bulk of the preparation is you know, you're never going to be able to judge, you're never going to be able to guess all of the questions, even if you guess some of them and you have a good idea of what the questions might be that you're asked, you're never going to be able to answer, guess all the questions. So trying to prepare for specific questions, forget about it. True. Let's spend your time wisely. So, you know, work smarter, not harder. And that is prepare on how do you, how do you, when you're on the spot in a pressure situation, answer a question that just, oh, I've had a complete mind blank. What do you do? How do you get out of that? Well, what do you do when you start answering a question, you get halfway through and then you go, oh, my gosh, I can't even answer the question. (laughs) For half an hour, like I might be guilty of myself. So how do you practice for that? How do you, and as you just said, you know, that, not, I wouldn't call it role-playing, but I call it absolutely, that's with my coaching clients, I'll just ask them question after question after question. And it's not about answering, learning by rote, a particular um, you know this is what my strength is it's training it's training exactly if you're gonna gonna go and swim the olympic 50 meter freestyle are you gonna that's right you're you're just gonna jump in the pool that's right right. and most of us most of us are not good most of us do not process stuff really quickly on the spot and be able to answer questions that we have not got on notice and that we don't know where they're going to come from most of us are not good at that so that's okay but you need to, you, know, it's, you can build that as a skill and all you need to do is practice it. 100%. So, you know, I, I send people away and say, right, you either have to get one of your family members to ask you questions or, you know, if you're too embarrassed or you haven't got anyone, you stand in front of a mirror and you ask yourself, a question, read the question out of off the internet or one of my questions out of my book and then you just answer it to the mirror. I'm just going to try and answer it. And when you get stuck, then you're going to practice those strategies that we might have gone through to, to get yourself unstuck, right? What do you do now? Okay. 
So okay, true. I've got stuck. Right, let me try again. So true. So, and, I, yeah. and I also say that, you know, when you're preparing, you might not even meet with any of those questions you've just prepared for. But the fact is that you've prepared, you have, yes. you, there's something happens to your confidence and something yes. happens to the, just the body yes. of information in your mind. And yep. as you say, you're ready to be more adaptable yep. and more agile yep. when strange things happen that you're not yes. expect. But if you don't work that muscle, you just freeze up. Yep. So it's almost just Absolutely. a preparation of just being, you know, being quizzed or being in the moment, it just stretches right. yourself to be ready for that situation, not always exactly what the question or what the answer is going to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so important. Um, Agreed. Right, we, we could go on, we could go on for this. I know. I <laughs> tell, us, tell us more about your book. Oh, my book. Let me tell you about my book. Oh, here it is. Look, I've got it. I yes, even remembered to get it out. Hey, That's what it looks it. like. Now what? Hey. Now what? Um, and it's, it's kind of, and the, the, the title is really good um, in the fact that it, 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 I like to think of the book as being divided into kind of three different sections. One is, you know, you kind of want a new job or you're thinking about a new career or you don't know what you want. Now what? Now what do I do? Okay, we've got some strategies and stuff to help in the book. Um, and the second part is, right, so you've found a job um, or you need to, you need to find a job. First of all, so how do you find jobs? And then you now you've found a job, how do I apply for it? So now what? Mm -hmm. um, now I need to write a resume and a good cover letter and goes through that. Um, and then it then it looks at the interview. So it's kind of functionally kind of divided up like that. I like that. One of the one of the main things, and that's kind of well, first of all, the book is kind of like a I call it DIY coaching. So, you know, career coaching is, you know. It it's, can be pretty expensive, so you know you're um, you're hiring someone with a lot of skill to either coach you or to write your resume, all of that sort of stuff. So that can cost a bit, but the book doesn't cost that much, and it's got all the approaches and the tools and the different worksheets and stuff. So you can actually try and give it a crack and um, do it yourself in the coaching. Um, but one of the the underlying thing for me, and this is with my whole approach, is one of, um, and this is with everything, is, um, and I use the word all the time in the book, and that's empathy. So my underlying thing is always, 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 it's getting a job, writing job applications, being an interview. It is not about you. That's what you think. You think it's all about you. I want this job. Yeah. This is the perfect job for me. I'd be perfect for this job. I just need to go and tell them what <laughs> how perfect I am. It's not about you at all. Yeah. Um, yes, you've got to you've got to tell them some stuff about you, but it's about them. You have to always put yourself, or this is the most effective way I've found, 100%. put yourself in their shoes at every stage of the of the game and go, what do they want to see here? What do they want? What are they thinking? What, what, what do they want for the job? What are they thinking about for the job? Why, why would exceptional interpersonal skills and communication skills be important for this job or for this organization? Who is this organization? What's important to them? Um, and because then you can, your answers, your job application, your selection criteria can all be 
try to have as good a guess as you can on what they want and then an educated guess because you've actually used your empathy and thought about them stepped into their shoes for two minutes and then you can actually tailor what it is and say yes I've got exceptional interpersonal skills let me tell you about this particular project that I did and how I ran it because I think that's kind of going to be almost exactly what you want here so it's for me almost everything boils down to empathy the better you can get at thinking about who's going to be picking that up what situation they're going to be is it you know is it a recruitment agent is it a recruitment agent that get has to read 200 applications a day because they've got 10 different jobs from 10 different employers on the run or is it one manager in a small um micro business who that's their that's it's their business um who is it that who is it that's going to be reading your application or sitting on the other side of the interview and think about it from their perspective what do they want to hear and not to tailor your answers not to say well this is I think what they want to hear but it's about um it's it's about really trying to come in with an understanding of of making their job as easy as possible to go oh my gosh this is the person this is the right candidate this is the match I love it. It's it's basically putting your best foot forward. Yeah, absolutely, it's absolutely. Like, but the, like the foot sales, that they want to see that that's good for them. For the for the sales other sales one on one. If you if you if you're a good salesperson, you try and gather information. You gather requirements. You try and understand yes, yep. what it absolutely. is the other person wants, and then you put your best foot forward in what you um, portray. Yep. And it's absolutely the same thing with job searching. You know, it's, absolutely. It's, it's just. Sales and marketing one-on-one, but I love that. Yeah, it is pretty much. Because pretty much. Is so important when it comes to building relationships yes. and, and uh, you know, recruitment process. Love yep. it. And so where do we find your book? Well, you can find it on my website on um, www.kirstenbrumby.com or you can find it on any bookshop, Amazon, Booktopia, Fishpond, anything you oh, can really? think of, Dimmicks. Um, and it's uh, available via in a Kindle version and also um, on paperback. So wherever you'd like to find it. No audio book just yet? No, no. The, no, the next thing that's coming out is the online courses. So that will be out on Kajabi very soon. Um, and that and there's three different courses into those three. You know, one, finding clarity on what you want to do next. The second one is, you know, if you're struggling with just the job application, so writing resumes and selection criteria, cover letters. And then the third one is maybe you are getting interviews, but you're not getting the job. So then there's one on interview skills and interviewing. Love so, it. yeah, so that's the next thing. Audio book is um, on the cards, but not yet. Okay, love it. Just because I'm listening to so many audiobooks and podcasts. I know, I know, and I love, I know, I love listening to them too. But that's awesome, and I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes for everybody, so you can find Kirsten's website, Kirsten's book, Kirsten's courses, because I'm sure they'll be invaluable. But one thing I want to do is kind of explore a little story because I love, you know, really portraying everything you've spoken about in terms of a real life story. So I'm wondering if you have a an example of yes. when yeah, you might you might have had a really tough um, candidate was finding a tough situation and yeah. through your coaching you you, you gave them the most incredible yep. opportunity. <laughs> I've got a really recent one actually. Yep. I've got lots, but right. I have to try and think of this in preparation because I did do some preparation for today yeah. um, because I absolutely believe you need to prepare. Yep. Um, so I had a bit of a think there's so many, but this one's, I think this actually, this particular case study is quite good because it, it, we, we worked through the whole range of everything. Awesome. Um, so um, this was a young woman. She's about 
30, I think, in her early 30s. Um, and she's been a graphic designer for um, all of that time. Um, quite creative and, and enjoyed her job, um, but is been feeling the last sort of six months to a year, feeling a bit unhappy at work, not really sure whether it was her, um, whether it was the job, whether it was just the place, whether it was the, because this is what happens a lot with people that um, there is a general feeling of unhappiness, but not sure where it's coming from. So, you know, she it wasn't a very well paid job. So she's kind of getting to that age where she's thinking about mortgages and, you know, trying to be a bit more fiscally um, responsible. So the, you know, the money wasn't great in her job. So now she's starting to think, you know, and she did, just didn't know what was going on. So is it just that I'm unhappy in this place? Am I unhappy in my career? Am I unhappy just with the money? Maybe if I left. Yeah. So we started coaching and we did uh, we worked through some of the the tools that are in the in the in the book and um, when I work with people getting clarity I like to work with um, their unconscious mind rather than their conscious mind because she'd spent six months trying to go okay well if I'm good at this and I do this maybe I should do that no that no, I don't know what you know so the logical mind the conscious mind wasn't giving her the answer and if that wasn't giving the answer she needs to do something different right so I always say think differently to do differently because mm -hmm. you have to you know you have to you have to do something differently if you're not getting the, the results that you want. So we worked with her and we worked through a particular thing called the drop dead list. Right. Now the drop dead list is um, a, a, it's the most powerful tool. It's so crazy. I can't believe that it works. And this is another, this is one of those magic things. Right. So it kind of works on getting you to think about all different things, not in what you want to do, but just where you are right now. So just focuses on what do you like at work? What do you not like? What, you know, if you were going to get another job, how much money would you want? How much money would you need? Um, what are the kinds of people that you like to work with? Do you like to work within a big team or just by yourself? All and a whole range of things. I think there's three pages of questions. Wow. So it gets you to really think outside the square. And then you just put that aside. And then you leave it and you let your unconscious mind go to work. Nice. And some people, they get clarity just out of that exercise. And some people, we do other exercises because they don't quite get their aha moment right then. But this particular woman, she got her aha moment within a couple of days of doing that exercise. So she rang me up really excitedly and said, oh, my God, I know I exactly I what it. I'm going to do. I go, right, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going to be a nutritionist. And I went, okay so it turns out it turns out and I don't I don't know this but it turns out that she's you know she's done the drop dead list and she's you know she's had some um dietary issues in the past that have caused a bit of it she's got a, a particular um disease and and so she's had to struggle to find the right diet and all of that sort of stuff to do that and as she was doing the drop dead list she just she just had an aha moment so this is how the unconscious mind works it kind of draws you know, draws patterns and, and figures stuff out from all disparate kind of information and this magically pops you out an answer, which is exactly what it, what, what it did. And I said, okay, well, that's interesting. So then she said, right, so that means that I'm going to have to go to university. And I said, okay. So she said, I've already looked at that, so I've looked it up and I want to do this degree and I've, I've put in the enrolment to, you know, find out about, about enrolment. I said, that's fantastic. Huh. So she said, but... 
she said, I've got to work because I've got to get money. I need more money. And also, if I'm going to go to university and study, I can't spend all day every day doing graphic design because it's creatively, it, it just drains too much. So to think about doing a part-time uni degree um, at the same time, she already knew she wouldn't be up for. So I said, okay. So she said, so I think I need a job in admin. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know about jobs in admin, but there's lots of jobs in admin, but they are horrifically competitive mm -hmm. and um, just crazy yep. to, to get a job. You have to be ultra, you know, you've got to be really have skills and all, you know, and these are the kinds of jobs that they will seriously get hundreds of job applications Definitely. because there's just so many people looking for those jobs. And I go, okay, right, let's go then. <laughs> so then we did some coaching and we worked on her resume and then she said, and actually, my mum is in the public service and it would be really good because the government, you know, structure and having flexible work conditions and all that sort of stuff would be great. I go, oh, my gosh, okay, you don't want much. You want an admin job and you want a government job, which means, you know, you've got to do. So, you know, so then we, you know, we, we went to work on her skills of resume writing and cover letter writing, not only for admin jobs. Um, so we had to look at transferable skills and go, you know, she's done in her graphic design roles. Of course, she's done all that admin stuff, but we have to put pull it out and show it in a way on paper so that people that can go, oh, okay, yes, you have got these skills and you have got that experience particularly when she's going to be up against people that have got like careers in admin that have done, you know, just full on admin for 15 years and they're just fabulous. So we've got to do something special with hers. So we wrote those resumes. And then on top of that, then we have to, of course, write a completely separate resume in different style for New South Wales government um, roles. They are, are specifically, um, they kind of uh, recruit in a different way. So you've got to write that. So we went to work on that, built her skills. I did the first couple and then she built her own skills so that she didn't, she could then actually start to write her own, which she did. Um, and so then uh, about a month ago and oh so then right so then she got her first interview and the first interview was with I think it was actually with a government department so I go okay great yep. so then we did some interview skills coaching and this was all about so for her she was very nervous had never really actually gone for an interview before and the interview she'd been in her job for 10 years so yep. she had not been for an interview for a long time yep. um also all of the non-confidence in the cape you know we'd, we'd actually done a bit of this coaching just to get the resumes going because she didn't understand she didn't know that she had all this capability in admin and what that looked like what that sounded like what the experience was until we pulled that out specifically and looked at it and go you've got great admin skills look at what you've done you know, and you've got, you know, okay, let's talk about the project management and the other stuff, the organisational management, the time management, the communication skills, which you've got in spades. Um, and so we we worked on that and we worked very much with, you know, she's nervous to go into an interview situation, particularly when she really wants this job and she knew, she understood how hard it was to get the, the interview in the first place. So, and also, you know, it, it's it's difficult to land a government job so we did all of that coaching um and it, it probably one of uh, just a fabulous moment was she came out of that first interview and she we had a debrief and she said that it had gone really well and she felt like she had really um presented herself how she was that they really saw her for who she was so she was really happy with that and she said you know what 
it doesn't, I don't even care if I don't get this job. I don't even, it, like, it'd be nice, of course, I'd love to get the job, she said. But just having done that interview and felt that good in an interview, I know that I can go and do other interviews and it's not a problem. And she said, and it was really, it was quite, she said, I won't quite call it pleasant, but she said it was a really good experience, a really positive experience. And that wasn't about them being particularly um, good recruiters and good interviewers um, and having that skill. It was uh, all about where she was and her mindset and of going into that mm-hmm. and just going, don't worry about the questions. You'll answer the questions. You just have to focus on yep. being the person that they're going to work with because yep. that's a that's a good person. And you know, if you're the, if they like that and you're a fit, then that's fabulous. If if you if that's not what they're after, then you're better off not getting that job in the first place because neither of you are going to be happy. You. So you. anyway, I think empowered. she had. Sorry. You felt empowered. Yeah, she absolutely, she felt empowered and empowered in the interview process, which is really important because, you know, the interview is, is all about this power balance and people thinking that, you know, the you've got these people up way up high that are going to give you the job and you've got no power in there, which is absolutely wrong. She felt absolutely powered. And so she had another, she had an assessment centre, which is a different kind of recruiting process for another job. And then the third the third interview, she landed the job. And it. it's just, and it's actually, it's one of these amazing things that it's one of these magic things. And I haven't told her this yet because I don't know if that's going to pan out, but <laughs> she's working in, she's actually working in a sector that it's kind of, it's very much aligned with what she wants to do to have an impact and make a difference on in people, yeah. in people's lives that have got the same or similar diseases. And that's why she's doing the nutrition. But this particular job, it's that's exactly where she's working. So it's oh, going to be really interesting God. to see whether she actually Incredible. continues to do nutrition or if, you know, this, I, and I haven't told her that yet too. <laughs> I don't know if she'll watch this, wow. but I haven't told her that, but it's quite, it's, it's interesting. So this, and that's one of those magic things, what I won't know for a few years until she just goes, actually, I don't want to be a nutritionist anymore. And I'm, 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 this is where I'm focusing in policy in this area in the, Absolutely. in the government department. Anyway, sorry. That's, I've that, gone, I I've ranted just- on. That's just synchronicity in, in at work. It's just yeah, it is absolutely it's just incredible. I love it. That is what a story. You know, incredible. Love that stuff. Love hearing that kind of stuff. Um, well, I mean, Kirsten, it's been so amazing to have you on the show. It's been a magical conversation. It has. It's been great. It's <laughs> been really it. good talking to you, Darren. Um, just to re- remind everybody where they can find you. So just KirstenBrumby.com. KirstenBrumby.com is the easiest way. There's also a Facebook pay, a Facebook group called Career Coaching with Kirsten Brumby, but um, if you pop on the website, that's the easiest way to remember it and okay. you'll find everything there. Beautiful. And uh, I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes. So everybody, please check out Thank you. everything that Kirsten's got uh, on the cards because it's going to be amazing. And I always like to ask my guest to leave us with just a thought. What would you like to leave us with today? Oh, well, that... The thought is that just um, believe that there is magic in the job seeking process for you. Believe that it's, you know, that's where I start with clients straight away is that hope um, that not only that you can get a job, but that you can get the job or career of your, of your dreams. It it happens all the time. Um, And the magic can absolutely, when you're open to it um, and you do a bit of the, you do a bit of the work, you know, like Darren was saying, preparation, do the work, yep. Yeah, you do a bit of you do a bit of work. The magic, the magic will happen. It it just and it happens all the time. Connections are there, and yeah, it's um so yeah. Have that hope. 
um, because, yeah, it, it, the magic. I've seen it a hundred times myself. I've seen it all. Yeah, I've seen it a hundred times with people I interview and other people in the industry and you know yeah. stories and friends and family. It just happens. Yeah. You just got to do yep. the work, be positive, have the right mindset. Exactly. And, um, it will happen. Yep. Exactly. Well done, well, Kirsten. Thank you so much. I think that was so good. I'm going to have to get you back again. Thank you, Darren. I've loved it. Thank you very much for having me on board. Obviously, you can tell I didn't talk about this stuff underwater because I very, you know, just love it. So, yeah, thanks for see having it. me on. Definitely see it. I think you'd be the most amazing coach. And I'm looking forward to checking out all your programs and your book as well. Sure. Thanks, Darren. Well done. So everyone out there, have okay. a great day. We'll see you very, very soon for another episode. And Kirsten, thank you again. That was Thanks. Amazing. Bye, everybody. Bye, Darren. Bye.